your Bibles, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. This year, we have been reading through the, the two books written by Dr. Luke. Luke uh, was a physician that traveled uh, with the Apostle Paul, and uh, he wrote the gospel according uh, to Luke, and then he wrote the book of Acts. Uh, earlier this year, we took our journey uh, through the book of Luke, and we journeyed with Jesus through Galilee and his journey to Jerusalem, his journey through Jerusalem. And then uh, once we were finished with that, we began volume two, part two, uh, which has been through the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts is divided really into two parts. Uh, the two parts are the first uh, 12 chapters are devoted to following uh, the journey of Peter. Uh, so we learn a lot about Peter. We follow him along his, his different locations and his ministries. And then beginning at chapter 13, through the end of the book, uh, we shift gears and start following the Apostle Paul. And uh, so, the, like I said, the book of Acts is divided up into those two parts. So here we are in chapter 10, and we are approaching 10, 11, 12, the last few chapters that are focused largely on Peter's ministry. And as we approach those last few chapters focused on Peter, there's an important piece of Peter's ministry uh, that we should give attention to. It's actually found in Matthew chapter 16. And it's a conversation that Peter had with Jesus. Uh, it's actually all the disciples. And there's a couple of things I want you to notice here. Uh, we're going to read through in Matthew 16, read a few verses, but it's going to set the background uh, for what we're going to see today. We're going to see some fulfillment in Acts chapter 10. But in Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus is with the disciples, and he is in Caesarea. Now, Caesarea, we're going to see, uh, we're going to see that uh, uh, again here in just a little bit, but that's where they're at. They're in the region of Caesarea, and we're going to pick up in Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19, and that's going to set the backdrop to help us to understand a little bit for Acts chapter 10. So here, here we begin. Let's look at verse 13 and follow when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, now, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not, shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So it's good for us to pause there, to have that little bit of background uh, to, uh, to help us to understand Acts chapter 10 better. Now, before we, before we jump in, let's, let's unpack this passage just a little bit because it's important for us to understand because there's been some differing views concerning this passage that we just read. First of all, the Catholic Church has historically understood this passage to be where Jesus gave Peter the authority to determine who gets into heaven and who doesn't. Uh, in other words, when, he, when Jesus says, I give you the, the keys to the kingdom of, of, of heaven, 
the Catholic Church is going to say that those keys that made Peter the first pope, and he holds those keys, and he's going to pass those uh, down to uh, the popes that, that follow him. Uh, this is, uh, we're going to look at that a little bit closer. We're going to look at what, what did Jesus intend? What was his purpose? What did he mean by giving him the keys to the kingdom of heaven? And how, do, how should we understand that? And ultimately, we're going to see it fulfilled in Acts chapter 10. But that theology of Peter holding the keys and Peter uh, being the one who determines who gets into heaven or not is really built upon a, a false teaching, a false doctrine. Uh, in fact, it's where we get the idea of Peter standing at the pearly gates. You've probably heard jokes, you know, about, uh, probably heard a lot of dad jokes, right, about uh, Peter standing at the gate. In fact, I had written one down and, and thought about uh, sharing it with you this morning, but due to lack of, of, of time and, and focus, I want to I skip on through that. But I do want to make a point that so many times uh, we build our, the, we can build our theology on popular culture and just what we hear and and so don't build your theology on dad jokes don't build your theology on on what you hear things like oh peter is standing at the pearly gates and he's the one that determines whether or not we get in don't don't build your theology on that peter is not standing at the gates of heaven to determine whether or not you get in you will determine whether or not you get in based upon jesus and jesus alone and so, so what then did Jesus mean when he says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven? I mean, that seems uh, very specific. And as I said, the Catholic Church views Peter as the first pope, and they, they have the keys. But I want us to see from Scripture something that Peter does to help us understand this better. First, uh, notice that when Jesus says this to Peter, that... It gives him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And he says, whatever you bind on earth will be what? Bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So the first notice is this, that it's something that Peter does on earth, not in heaven. Right? And it's going to be something that Peter does while he's on earth. Because whatever you do on earth, there's going to be some type of response in heaven. So that's the first observation that we can make. I mean, he says it right here. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Peter's going to do something on earth, and it's going to have an impact in heaven. So there's three questions that came to my mind with that. In, with that. First is, what is the function of a key? Right? Well, I mean, what's its function? What's the purpose of a key? And then... The second question I had is, where does Peter use these keys? Where can we see in Scripture Peter using the keys that Jesus has given him? And then the third question, what was loosed? What was bound? What was that? And we find the answer, of course, in Scripture. So the first thing is this. What are keys used for? What are keys used for? Well, it's very basic, very basic uh, answer here, right? Keys are used to unlock and open up doors. I mean, that's probably the most basic answer we could probably come up with. You might, you might be able to say, well, it's, it's symbolic of like the key to the city, you know. Uh, but even if you're given the key to the city, 
you're really not given authority. It's even, even that is just symbolic authority. It's, you're not given actual authority. So what is going on here? Well, I think the most basic answer is that keys open up doors. They unlock and open up doors. So the question then, the second question was, what doors did Peter open? What, pe- what doors did he open? And first, we, see, we actually see it in three different places, and I've waited to this moment because it's the culmination of the three. The first door he opened was in Acts chapter 2. The second door that he opened is in Acts chapter 8, and today is the third and final door that he's going to open, and it's found in Acts chapter 10. So what were those three doors that Peter opened? Peter opened the doors to the kingdom of heaven for the Jewish people, and we see this in Acts chapter 2. It's called Pentecost. The very first thing that Peter did in Acts chapter 2, we see Peter preaching a sermon, and as Peter is preaching the sermon, what happened? We see the Holy Spirit come upon them, and we see salvation of thousands of people come to know the Lord, and what happened? The, the, the gates to the kingdom of heaven were opened up specifically for who? The Jewish people. And, and so the very first door that he opens, he does so when he, while he was preaching and the Spirit of God came at Pentecost. That's the first door. We see it in Acts chapter 2. Where's the second door? The second door was opened to the kingdom of heaven in Acts chapter 8 for the Samaritans. You may remember that it was uh, the deacon Philip that went to Samaria and he shared the gospel. But there was something very interesting that happened. They had to wait on someone to get there to pray over them and to lay hands upon them before the Holy Spirit came. Do you remember who that was? It was Peter. They said, we need to wait. Peter and John are on their way. And what did he do? Peter and John came. And then Peter prayed over them, laid hands upon them. And it says, while Peter was doing that, what happened? The Holy, just as the Holy Spirit came upon Pentecost and came for the Jewish people, the second door has been opened to the kingdom of God for the Samaritans. And now the Holy Spirit has been given to them. So what's the third one? Well, today is, is uh, Acts chapter 10. We see the third and the final time that Peter uses these keys. Peter then unlocks and opens the door for the Gentiles. He opens up the door for the kingdom of God to be available to the Gentiles. This time, he had come and opened up the door of faith. He in, in, invited the Gentiles in. It was at this point that the Holy Spirit descended and was given to the Gentiles. So, unless you have a Jewish heritage and you are a born-again believer, you're most likely a Gentile. And because you are, if you're a Gentile believer, this, Acts chapter 10, not Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10 is our Pentecost. It is our moment where the Holy Spirit was available to us. It was our moment where the gates of the kingdom of God were made available for, the, for not just the Jewish people, not just the people of Samaria, but for the Gentiles as well. And that leads me to that third question. What was loosed? What was loosed? What was bound? Well, we see this. When, the first of all, the door in each situation, the door to the kingdom of God 
was open for each group, the Jews, the Samaritans, and then ultimately the Gentiles. And it was open for what? For salvation. And what was loosed in heaven, what was loosed on earth and loosed in heaven as well? The Holy Spirit was loosed and given reign to those who were saved. He dwells now within us. So the Holy Spirit was, was called upon. The Holy Spirit comes from heaven and is loosed. And then the question is, what was bound? Because the Holy Spirit then dwells within us, the salvation that we experience through Christ is sealed and bound by the Holy Spirit. In other words, there is nothing that we can do to lose our salvation because of the Holy Spirit. It is bound. It is certain. 